Lord, we want to thank you for the love that you show us, give us, lavish upon us. I'm going to ask that you would give us um, a discernment to, to, to recognize and realize that every day that we walk in the love of God because of Jesus. Thank you for this community and the things that are, that are happening here. Thank you for children being born and thank you for your hand on people's lives. Thank you for your grace and mercy which is new every morning. And so Lord, we come before you as your church gathered. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, this morning I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. My rock and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. In our house, we have this saying. Well, I have a saying. And it goes, and, and, and it goes like this. It says, it goes, don't be writing checks you can't cash. And, and, and it kind of has to do with talking junk, smack. Now, now, usually I use it in the context of Ethan and I. Now, I have his permission to share this story. Um, I asked him because I think that's the right thing to do. Um, but when Ethan and I, we, we sometimes we roughhouse a little bit. Now, I believe that it's good training for our father to roughhouse with the son because it teaches the son that I am still stronger than you and I can still thump you. And, 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 and it, you do it in the context of, of laughing and smiling and then the police don't get involved and DCF stays out of your business. So, so we, we have this, Ethan and I, we do this every once in a while. And, and you know, as it, as it heats up, one of his, he has some, he has some sayings. He, he, he will taunt me. Come at me, bro. You want to go? You want to go? And, and, so, and so that's him. That, that, that's, that's, that, I don't know where. He must get it from his mom. I'm not quite sure where he gets that. And, and, and he's like, you want to go? Come at me, bro. And so when I come at him, then he turns and runs away, sometimes yelling and screaming up the stairs. He's writing checks that he cannot cash. With, with, with his, it doesn't matter how many come at me bros he throws at me. It doesn't matter how he dance around. Sometimes he comes in really quick, throws a jab, and he runs away. Really, you know, you know that's, that's, that's just kind of the way it, it kind of fleshes itself out. It doesn't matter how much he talks. There still ain't no wind in that sail. He's still writing checks that he just cannot cash. And that's what Paul actually is writing to the church in Corinthians. It doesn't matter what you're saying there's something much deeper going on. 1 Corinthians 4.20, Paul writes to the church, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but a matter of power. Now we have to understand what's going on here in, in the church and in the city. Corinth is a, a Greek city. And that means it has a certain culture. It has a certain um, established societal way that, that they carry out life day to day. There are uh, these types of cities where chock full of philosophers and academics and they would love to gather and talk and discuss and debate about the newest and the most exciting ideas and, and theologies and philosophies and ways of life. It was also a, a seaport 
And so there's a lot of commerce going in and out, and there's a lot of people going in and out. And they're bringing these new ideas and these new thoughts in. And so they would gather for hours and just discuss and talk and debate and, and, and just give, give their thoughts about the thoughts about the thoughts about the ideas about the other person's thoughts. And this would carry on over and over and over and over. Now, Paul obviously has traveled here and he has established a church, but there's tension within the church. And there's not only tension within the church, but there's tension between the church and Paul. And so he is going to write to them. And he's going to address this. He's going to address the, 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 what they're kind of going through. He's asking them for there being unity. He's talking about human wisdom and the wisdom of God. He's talking about the spirit of God. He's talking about power. And this church began, some of the people in this church began to attack Paul. They, they started to attack his, the way he looked. Like, 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 I guess in some, you can read in some places, Paul was kind of a, a frumpy dude. Now, I'm not really sure what first century frumpy defines or works its way out, but, but Paul was, he didn't have a real, um, what's the word, a presence to him. And so because these people, they, they valued that presence, they kind of, they kind of um, criticized Paul. And they also criticized him. They also attacked him with the way he spoke. They said that he spoke kind of um, almost, almost with an ignorance, with, with a simplicity. Remember, this culture was really big on, on wisdom and debating and, and public speaking. And they said, Paul, you're kind of talking too simple. You're, 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 you almost sound ignorant. Now, this is Paul. He wrote, he wrote a lot of the New Testament. Paul wrote the letter to the Romans, which is wicked deep. But I guess that they really didn't, you know, maybe read the letters too much. And they kind of came at Paul because Paul just did not consider public speaking as the same art form as those in Corinth. See, Paul was more concerned about giving the message than about being eloquent. In fact, he, he even said, he said, I haven't come to you with, with wisdom or eloquence, lest the power of the gospel be emptied, the power of Christ be emptied. And so admittedly, he, he comes just kind of bare bones. He comes simplistic. See, his message was always the cross. His message was Christ crucified, always. He never deviated from it. He never went down the rabbit trails. He always kept it that simple. He always kept it on task. He never brought in the new ideas or the new philosophies and tried to weigh them out or try to disprove or prove them. He always kept it focused on Christ and Christ alone, period. There was no debate for him. It was the gospel and the gospel was it. And so they kind of criticized him about it. It's the same thing, dude, over and over again. And Paul calls out their arrogance. He's like, really, really? He goes, you know, you people are talking to me like I'm not coming back. Oh, by God's grace, I will be back. Because Paul was not afraid to refute the criticism. Paul would stand against it. In fact, he would take it even further because he wasn't impressed with the talking. Paul was going to bring it to a different place. He wasn't interested in their arguments. He wasn't interested in their debates. He wasn't interested in the art form of public speaking. What he wanted to know from the church was how is the power of God manifesting itself in your life? 
For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but a matter of power. That's what he wanted to know. That's what he was getting to the, to the crux of. That's what he was pressing into. You can talk all you want to talk, but where is the power of God alive and well in your life? How is it manifesting itself in your life? If you come into my office, probably one of the first things you'll notice is my bookshelf. Most people do. And there's a lot of books on there. And yes, I've read about 95% of them because that's the first question. You read all these books? I'm like, well, yeah, most of them. 95% of them. I have one shelf that's still being worked through. I have so many books that they're stacked this way and they're stacked on top of each other the other way. And in fact, I don't buy books anymore. I have a Kindle. And I have a Prime account on Amazon. One click, boop, it's right there. I don't even have to wait. I read. I read a lot. I like to read. I don't only, I just don't only read books. I, I like to read the newspaper, the Wall Street Journal. I like to read... I have a subscription to Relevant Magazine, which I read. I have a subscription to Rolling Stone. If you want to stay hip on what's happening in the culture, you should read Rolling Stone Magazine. I read the National Review. I read Christianity Today. I read Leadership Journal. I read Outreach Magazine. I like to read. And and it's mostly in the, the genre of Christianity. I've read all the subjects that you can think of. I've read the theologies and apologetics and the mystics. I've read all of the topics out there in Christianity. Not all the books written, but all the topics. In fact, the, the Christian market of literature continually grows and grows and grows. There's new books being written every single month. In fact, they tease me in those magazines that I read because there's big advertisements. You should read this book. You should read the book. In one click, click, I have it. And now I have to read it. It's good to read. I would encourage you to read, to study, to read things about faith, to deepen your understanding of the things of faith, and even to deepen your understanding about what's going on in the world. It's, it's good to, to know, to explore the ideas of other people, and, and even people who you might not agree with. That's, that's okay. At least you'll have an educated uh, education of why you, you disagree with them. See, but the kingdom of God is not about talk. It's not about words. It's not about reading. It's not about books. The kingdom of God is about power. The kingdom of God is, is something much, much different. See, the, the world today, and, and even, even when Paul's writing this, there seems to be this sense that following Jesus is just another point of view. Another idea that we can put in the, the pot of other ideas that are, that are taking place. Following Jesus is just another way, not the way. And so we have even today philosophies, philosophers, theologists, the theologians and theologies and academics. And they, they gather and they, and they talk about life and death and humanity and, and the purpose and the meaning of life and all of these things. And Christianity sometimes, many times, gets lumped up into that whole mix as just another philosophy that we might be able to buy into. And the Bible gets read almost like you would read uh, Aristotle or Plato. 
And then I think within the church, there's this danger of reading too many things and, and leaving the Bible alone. We tend to get caught up in the next book and the next book because there's so much out there. And within the church, we find ourselves, or, or many people have found themselves, they've read all of the new books that have come out, but they've, they haven't touched the Bible. See, see, this is more than just words. This is the power of God. And if we want to continue what Paul is speaking to, and I, I would recommend at least read uh, this week the first four chapters of First, first Corinthians. You'll get a gist of what Paul is speaking of. And, and so if, if, we, if we kind of push this idea that Paul is touching on a little bit deeper, there, there are many people that, that believe what the Bible says. Many people believe in God. Many people believe in Jesus. And Jesus did the things that the Bible says that he did. They believe in the teachings. They believe in the doctrines of faith. And you would think that's a good thing. Because it is. It's a very good thing to believe what the Bible says. Those beliefs actually bring you here to gather with like-minded people who are believing in the same things. Who believe in Jesus. All of you. All of you know theology. To certain degrees. All of you know doctrine to a certain degree. All of you are engaging certain theological beliefs in your life. That's that you just can't get away from it. It's it's who we are. And again, it's a good thing. It's a very good thing. But theology and doctrine in and of themselves have no power to change you. There is no power in just a set of ideas. Or even just a set of of beliefs. Because the kingdom of God is not about talk, but about power. See, I've met people in my journey that have very little understanding of of theology. They they couldn't tell you the difference between justification or sanctification or transfiguration or transubstantiation. I practiced that for like four hours to get that to roll out. Um, They just, just, almost like it doesn't matter to them or they're not there yet. But man, you look in their eyes. And you know that God is doing something. God has got a hold of them. And, and there's this spark and there's this life that, that doesn't come from understanding, understanding words and talk. But, but it's the spirit and the power of God in them. And you see it and you can sense it. And there's an excitement in them. And on the flip side of that, I, I've met people who, who do all the Christian stuff. And, and know all the Christian things. And can quote chapter and verse and and they don't miss church very often and they they know all the songs and they know all the hymns and they they serve in ministry and they go to two bible studies every week and they speak very fluent christianese but there's there's something missing there's 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 an absence of life there's an absence of of passion see the kingdom of god is not about talk the kingdom of god is about power like Holy Spirit power. I think it's what Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3. He says, some people have this form of godliness, but deny its power. In our Not a Fan study, which we've just finished up, we talked about doing Christianity as a thing. And how empty that is. Last week we talked about doing the Christian thing and not ever really knowing Jesus intimately or deeply. Never really experiencing the power of the kingdom, the power of the living God. And so you can talk a good game, 
You can say all the right things. You can quote chapter and verse. But has the power of the Holy Spirit infiltrated your life and changed you? Has the power of God sunk deep into your heart and soul and is beginning to transform you? Has it empowered you to live this abundant life that Jesus came to give us? It goes beyond just just words. Paul is saying, okay, the kingdom of God, which we are a part of, it's about living in the power of God. It almost is scary to me that you can believe the right things. You can be excited about the right things. You could defend the Bible and, and defend God correctly. And yet Paul says, yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in that. I mean, that's good, but, but I'm really not interested in that. What I want to know is where is the power of God manifest itself in your life? Where is God changing you? Where is God transforming you? Because the kingdom of God is about, is about power. And as I, as I watch the news and as I read the news, and, 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 and I'm not endorsing any political party or any politician because I'm an equal opportunity offender, um, and you can vote for whatever less evil you believe is correct. Uh, but what I see is, you know, the, the GOP is going after the Christian vote. And these guys are, are saying, you should vote for me because I will hold up the Christian agenda. And, 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 I, and, and, and they, they garnish our, our votes. They want them. They want us to vote for them, the, the Christian rights. And, and so they give these speeches and they tailor these speeches to, to kind of tug at our own heartstrings to rally us up. I think maybe a better question, maybe a better question to ask them is, okay, all of this Christian rhetoric you're throwing out is all well and good, but where's the power of God manifesting itself in your life? I wonder what they would answer to that. See, the reality is we live in a post-Christian culture and society. That's where we find ourselves. And you can argue with it. You can argue against it. it. It doesn't change anything. In part, it's because the gospel following Jesus has been watered down to just talking or, or words. And, and it's become just this another outdated set of regulations that the church says that people need to follow. But when they look into the church, that the church really doesn't follow all that well. And we have to take responsibility for that part responsibility that we are part of that church we are part of the church and we don't fully live into the power that the kingdom of god has for us we make following jesus so many times about things that have nothing to do with following jesus paul tells us that that we belong to this kingdom and it's one of power it goes beyond just words that we can speak or arguments that we can have we (laughs) we proclaim the greatest power that has ever been known in the world that that ever has been and will ever be. And that is the power of God through Jesus Christ. The person of Jesus dominates history forever and will continue. You know, it's it's 2015, right? Do you know why we call it 2015? Because it's based on the birthday of Jesus. And we see that that this he dominates history since, since the cross. And as you look and as you follow world history, Christianity, especially after the cross, Christianity, well, it wasn't there until after the cross, um, it's been a common constant thread through history, both for good and, for good and not so good. I mean, we, we have to be honest. 
but it's always been there. It's always been active. It's always been moving. Within three centuries, one of the most pagan cultures that was on the earth, the Roman Empire, within three centuries, because of the power of the gospel, went from pagan to Christian. See, the power or the kingdom of God is not just about talk, but it's one of power. Sacred, holy, divine power. See, our journey of faith is not just something that we do. In fact, our faith journey really ultimately asks very little of us. It's, it's kind of what Paul writes in, in Romans 1. He, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to those who believe. It's always about his power. It's always about God and what he's doing. It's not some friendly invitation, hey, give this a try. This might be something that you might like. Just do X, Y, and Z and you know, see how it works out for you. People within the church and outside the church, we, we, we've made it into what we read or how we talk or how we vote or are we able to have the correct discussion and answer the, the questions correctly. But we'll see within that mindset, the focus becomes on me and what I'm doing or the things that I can do. And this faith journey is about not what I'm doing. It's about what God is doing to me and around me and for me. It's God taking a hold of me and God transforming me. And since it's all about God's power, that transformation is both internal and it's external. See, when God starts to transform the heart and soul, then it affects the way that we live our life and it affects our priorities that we live into and it calls us and invites us into new rhythms and harmonies of living and, and, and just being. It, cause, it causes deep heart and soul change. That's the power of God. See, the kingdom of God is not just about what we can say or even about what we can do or about talking. It's about the power of God. And the message that Jesus gave, he said, what did he say? The kingdom of God is at hand. And then he demonstrated that power. His life was a demonstration of the power of the kingdom of God manifest right here in the world for us to see. As you know, do you believe it's next week is already Advent? We're almost into Christmas. And we're going to start talking about, well, you know, I don't know if we're going to start talking about the Christmas story right away. But we celebrate the life and the birth of Jesus. And right at the very beginning, the power of God in Jesus Christ, right at the very beginning, Gabriel goes to Mary and says, yo, yo Mary, you're going to give birth to a son. And Mary, she, she's like, um, Gabe, virgin. He says, oh, don't worry about it. He says, because the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will shadow you overshadow you. Jesus was born into this world with the power of God. Born as an infant with the power of God. And then, and then, okay, well, wait a minute. Didn't Jesus talk? Well, he did. Jesus used words. Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7. It was Jesus' talk. And if you get to the end of that, it says the people were amazed. Why? Because he spoke with authority. 
He spoke with the power of God. He explained spiritual realities with with spirit-taught words, Paul said. Because Paul spoke with the power of God. They weren't just, just, just words. Paul understood the power of the Holy Spirit upon him. And he spoke with that power. Jesus spoke with that power. He was able to, to heal the sick in the power of God. He was able to raise the dead because he moved in the power of God. He fed 5,000 people with a lunchable because of the power of God. He cast out demons. The people said, oh, come on, Jesus. You know you're casting out demons by the power of Beelzebul. And he's like, all right, let me just, let me just throw this at you. See, a kingdom that stands against itself or divided against itself, it will never stand. But if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God is upon you. And the kingdom of God is power. It's power. In power, he went to the cross. In power, he rose from the dead. In power, he ascended into heaven. And in power, he sent the Holy Spirit so that we can live and move in that same power. The same power that rose him from the dead is the power that's been gifted to us through the Spirit of God. The day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes down on the disciples and Peter is changed and he gets up and he preaches. He preaches the gospel. 3,000 people convicted of their sin and, and, and are welcomed into the kingdom. They answer the, the invitation of the kingdom of God. That's power. And that same power has been gifted to us same power is ours. It's the power to create in us a new heart, a clean heart, the power to create in us a, a steadfast spirit. It gives, us, it gives us a new life. It gives us a new start. It renews things. It's the power to heal. It's the power to make us whole. It's, it's the power of life itself. The kingdom of God is not talk. The kingdom of God is power. See, it's not about our striving and our trying and, and trying to be a Christian or trying to get ourselves saved. It's, it's about our surrendering to the power of God. I'm going to ask Charlie to come back up. I'm going to ask the people I've asked to pray to kind of come up and meander around. Now. Because you see, there's this power that all of us lack in our lives. Yeah, kind of spread out. There's this power of this gift that we've been given that, that we, don't, we don't take part in. And there's always something that seems to be holding us back. Maybe you're feeling powerless with something that's going on in your family. There's been a falling out. There's been a, there's been a brokenness. There needs to be reconciliation. It's just not, not, not moving in the right direction. And you feel powerless. But no, the Holy Spirit has given you the power of reconciliation. Maybe it's in your job. 
And, and you're just kind of walking defeated and your head down and, and you feel like you just can't make sense of it or it's just not going the way that you believe it should. You've been given power to work through those things. You can do all things through who? Through Christ who gives you strength. Maybe it's something physical. And you just can't seem to get a hold of it. And it just doesn't make sense. And not only do you feel powerless, but you're fearful. And you're afraid. You see, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but one of power. And so I know it's awkward, you know, I mean, to pray in church, to be prayed over. I, I get it. And this is something we don't usually do. But I see too many Christians who walk through this life with their head down, defeated and broken. It's not the kingdom of God. It's not why Jesus came. He came to instill in you the power of the kingdom, the power of the Holy Spirit. And we all got that thing in there that, that, that zaps it or sucks it out or, or, or keeps us from it. And I want to encourage you. That you just might come forward and be prayed with. Nobody's going to laugh. Because I will guarantee that those who might be nervous or don't come forward, there's something that's keeping them from coming forward because we all have that brokenness within us. Every single person here. And the kingdom of God wants to overcome that in your life. Whatever that brokenness is, whatever that hurt is, whatever that fear is, you do not have to walk defeated. You can walk power. Holy Spirit power. There's no more fear. No more sadness. No more joylessness. And so we're just going to hang out for a few minutes. See how this goes. You can come on up and pray with people standing here. You don't have to share a lot. You can just ask them to pray and not share anything. But don't ignore the prompting of the Holy Spirit.